0: I'm Laurie Cardoza-Moore, and this is Focus on Israel. Hello and thank you for joining me today on Focus on Israel. My name is Lori Cardoza-Moore, a wife and proud mother of five wonderful children. Like most Americans, I began to ask a lot of questions about what happened to our country following 9-11. As I read and talked to experts, the issues of radical Islam and the attacks on America and Israel became extremely personal to me. In response, I founded Proclaiming Justice to the Nations a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and sharing the message of Christian Biblical responsibility to the people and land of Israel against the rise of a new anti-Semitism. In this series, Focus on Israel, I want to share with you what I've learned through my research and meetings with experts in their respective fields. The mission of this series and PJTN is to educate and equip you so that you can share this information with your family and friends. We'll present information you'll not see in the mainstream media. With your financial support, we can reach Christians around the world with our message to stand against the growing threat of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel propaganda. After studying the Scriptures, I realized that God had not forsaken His covenant with His people, Israel. Unfortunately, there is a growing trend in Christianity to spread an age-old false doctrine and tradition called replacement theology. This heretical doctrine suggests that because the Jews denied Christ, the covenant promises given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants now belong to the Church. That is why, during the Holocaust, many Christians turned a blind eye to the Nazi death camps. Many felt justified in their passive and active involvement because they believed the Jews were the Christ-killers. For this reason, we must learn and spread the truth. It is so very important that at this critical time in history, we must turn our focus on Israel. Now, if you've missed any of our past programs, you still have a chance to review our most recent ones on the PJTN website. I also highly recommend that you purchase the DVDs of our past programs, as most are no longer in the online archive. Every lesson covers a specific topic, and each contains a wealth of information. Plus, each one features interviews with numerous experts, including theologians, rabbis, pastors, political leaders, historians, and prominent archaeologists, many of them from Israel. Each program makes a great group study source to share with your family, friends, home group, or church. So please consider how you can make a difference to help us spread the word. Today, we're going to be looking into the Hebrew roots of Christianity. I believe there is a longing deep in the heart of every believer to understand the Hebrew roots, the foundations of our faith. Since we are fast approaching the culmination of this age, We must return to the Father's original ancient plan by honoring and building from the root of Israel and from the root of our Jewish Messiah. Architects tell us that buildings have a root beginning point called a cornerstone. From this cornerstone, all is measured to ensure that the entire structure is built level and secure. We know that our Savior and Lord is the chief cornerstone from whom and from which all must be built. In Revelations 5, an elder in heaven refers to him as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, indicating that he is Jewish. As Gentile believers, we must come to understand and embrace that our Messiah, Savior, Lord, is Jewish and will forever be a Jew. In the last chapter of the Bible, Revelations 22, Yeshua makes a powerful statement regarding himself when he says this, I am the root and offspring of David. Yeshua shares the truth of our roots in John 4 as he explains to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well that salvation is of the Jews. Where would we, as believers in Christ, be without the Jewish people? Our entire faith is built upon what they have given us. It is upon the root of the Jewish patriarchs and matriarchs, prophets, apostles, and priests, the Torah. That all was built. Not only believers, but all nations and peoples of the earth owe a great debt to Israel for their being the foundation of not only salvation, but of blessing in the earth. God established in the beginning in Genesis 12:3, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. As believers are beginning to discover and embrace these truths of the source of our root heritage and of our debt to Israel, surely our hearts are overcome with gratitude and love for them. Our next guest is Father Sam Clark, an ordained Anglican minister. Since his ordination, he has served two congregations. His primary gifting is teaching the Word of God, with particular emphasis on the Hebrew roots of Christianity. In 2007, Sam was invited to serve as the first Executive Director of the newly established Christian Friends of Yad Vashem at the Holocaust Museum and Memorial in Jerusalem. Along with pastoring, he now serves as PJTN's Director of Programs and Development. He looks back at the history of the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. The church's,
1: the church's heritage is, is distinctively Jewish. The early Jesus was a Jew. The apostles were all Jews. They all went to synagogue. They went to the temple uh, three times a year for Passover, for uh, what we call Pentecost, and then for, uh, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, we know that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, the festival of lights. So these, were, these, these the early church was a sect within Judaism. There were a number of different sects. We know about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes and the Zealots. Well, there was another group called the People of the Way. And these were Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They, they celebrated all the biblical feasts and they saw them as Messianic, as pictures of their Lord and Savior. As I said, Jesus Himself was Jewish. Wherever He went, He went to the synagogue. He taught in the synagogue. Paul was a Jew, and he practices Judaism. Uh, now, he's called the Apostles of the Gentiles, but if, if you look at the book of Acts, wherever he went, the first place he would go is to the synagogue, because he would preach the gospel to, to the Jewish people uh, and to the, to the righteous Gentiles who were not, had not converted to Judaism, but came to the synagogue because they recognized that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the true God. But they didn't convert. So when Paul went to to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, it was mostly in the context of Gentiles who came to these synagogues. So he practiced all the feasts. Uh, He was Jewish from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. Uh, But he also believed that Jesus was Messiah, and he suffered greatly uh, for that which, which the, the early relationship between believers and those who did not believe that Jesus was Messiah was an, an in house struggle between Jews. There's not, it, throughout history, there's not a lot of examples of Jewish people uh, persecuting or mistreating Gentile believers. It was all an inter-family argument. And, and dispute between those who believed that Jesus was Messiah and those that didn't. The idea that the church was something that was called away from Judaism is incorrect. It was part of Judaism. Now, there were a couple of critical events that, that widened that gap. The first was when uh, Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, destroyed the temple. Uh, the believing Jews knew that, they were, that, the, that Rome was on its way to Jerusalem and they left to Jerusalem and went to a place in, called Pella, which is across the Jordan River. They went because they knew what Jesus had said was going to happen, that not one stone would be left upon another. So they weren't surprised that the Romans were coming. Well, they were seen as, as uh, uh, those who abandoned their brothers and sisters, their Jewish brothers and sisters, and went another way. Well, after uh, the temple was destroyed, rabbis went to a place called Yavna and began to further develop rabbinic Judaism. If you have no temple, you have no sacrificial system, you can't do those things, what does Judaism look like in a post-temple era? So they went to Yavna and began to further develop something that actually had begun in Babylon during the the, uh, exile to Babylon. Uh, on the other hand, these messianic believers went over to Pella and began to develop messianic Judaism. But in this case, still, it was all Jewish. It wasn't, they weren't, the, the believers who went to Pella didn't envision coming up with a new religion. They believed that they were Jews and they could, they could, they could worship in a Jewish way, but they believed that Jesus is the Messiah. So the destruction of the temple for them didn't cause the big crisis it did for those Jews who didn't believe because it wasn't necessary for the sacrificial system to exist. They had the one perfect sacrifice to take away their sins. The church hasn't replaced them. Paul actually uses it, it compares the church in Israel to an olive tree and says, we're branches that are grafted in. We're part of Israel today, not separated from. Uh, and, and, and God's beginning to flesh that out through the power of the Holy Spirit and giving Christians like myself, a heart and a love for Israel. Uh, just before I left my assignment in, in Jerusalem, I met with the staff and my uh, Shia Ben Yehuda, Shia son of Judah, uh, the international director, asked me to address the, the group and say, why did I love Israel? What was the theological basis of my love for Israel and the Jewish people? And I said, Shia, it really wasn't theological in the beginning. It was a spiritual awakening. It's the Holy Spirit revealed to me that He loves His chosen people. that He's loved you with an everlasting love. The theology came afterwards and when I went back to the Scriptures and read the Scriptures and realized the churches have been in error. That God hasn't replaced Israel with the church. He wants to, as Paul wrote, create in Himself one new man. Jew and Gentile. United in a common faith. In a common Messiah. Jesus. So we've we've entered a whole new era in church history. Uh, And this is, the reestablishment of Israel has opened up a door, an opportunity for the church to begin to express its repentance for what happened during the Holocaust by making sure that it never happens again. Uh, To make one final comparison, you you could say that we are the Esther of the day. That God Almighty has raised us up for such a time as this to stand with Israel, to stand with the Jewish people.
0: Next up is Dr. John Garr. He has pioneered research, writing, and teaching on the Hebrew foundations of the Christian faith and has served the Christian church as theologian, presbyter, and educator for over 40 years. He is the founder and president of Restoration Foundation, an Atlanta based transdenominational international networking organization. His career has been devoted to educating Christians about the historical and theological truth of Christianity's Hebrew foundations and uniting the international Jewish and Christian communities. Dr. Gar's academic credentials include a Master's of Theology degree, a Doctor of Philosophy in Church Administration, and a Doctor of Theology from the Evangelical Theological Seminary. He will discuss what the revelation of the Hebrew roots means to Christians today.
2: There's been a move, which I consider to be a move, a sovereign move of God. It's not just a sociological phenomenon that has Uh, manifest itself. I consider it to be a sovereign move of God by the agency of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers around the world and it's been a spontaneously generated and manifest phenomenon for which we can point out no single earthly source. I do think there is one single heavenly source but we can't point to any nation, we can't point to any any ethnic group, we can't point to any Christian denomination and say this is the source from which all this came. But it's jumped up in the hearts of people spontaneously and that's the thing that's really exciting to me uh, which makes me know that it's a God thing because if you could identify an earthly or a human source you might think well this is something that a bunch of men did or a bunch of people meeting together, it's generated this and it began to develop. But the fact that it's spontaneous and it's happened all over the world is is pretty amazing, and interestingly enough, I I've, I've done a great deal of study in this particular area from history, but there was a spontaneous interest in getting back to supporting the Jewish community that began at the turn of the fifth of the 16th century, exactly in the year 1500. Uh, there was a group of scholars across various parts of Europe that emerged who were labeled and actually called themselves Christian Hebraists. And the reason they called themselves Christian Hebraists, and they were called that by others as well, is because for the first time in about 12 or 13 centuries, there was an interest in the Christian church in the studying of Hebrew. And of course, in studying Hebrew was in studying also the Hebraic backgrounds of of, uh, Christian thought and the Hebraic backgrounds of the New Testament. So this began to birth in the world a renewed interest in Jewish things and in the Jewish people. Well, it didn't get a long ways at that time because of the situations in in Europe at that time, but there was a, a subsequent revival that occurred around the turn of the 20th century, uh, primarily through the efforts of some scholars in England and uh, people who were supportive of the Zionist movement, which was birthed uh, immediately before the turn of the 20th century, so it began to uh, incite or, or uh, develop within the hearts of a lot of Christian people a renewed interest in Israel and in the Jewish people and in the fact that the Jewish people should be restored to their biblical homeland, the homeland of their ancestors, their, their nation. And so that began to develop then. Over the period of time you can see additional uh, developments. There was a significant development in the, in the 1940s. And certainly that uh, was, was uh, evident within certain parts of the Christian church, uh, which was pretty encouraging. And then in the 1960s, uh, there was another uh, spurge of, de- of development, I could say, a, a, a moving of, 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 the, of the spirit of interest in uh, Israel and the Jewish people and in recovering the Jewish roots of the Christian faith and I found so many people that spontaneously in various locations around the world began to have this interest in recovering the Jewish roots of their Christian faith in the early and mid 1960s. So I think it is a sovereign work of God. I I applaud everyone in whatever Christian community who is following what I believe to be the leading of the Holy Spirit to investigate the roots and foundations of our Christian faith and at the same time to understand that God has called us as individuals to be highly supportive of the international Jewish community and obviously of the nation of Israel. This is something that God has has, has, is actually almost like a part of our spiritual DNA. We haven't known it because we've been undereducated and in some cases woefully ignorant of our Christian heritage and tradition, but because God has begun to do this work by the Spirit to revive this interest, it's amazing what is, is taking place and the degree to which it's taking place presently. When I started out in this uh, kind of teaching and research and writing uh, 40 years ago, there were uh, very few people but it's multiplied exponentially and I think it's going to continue to multiply so that Christians begin to realize the importance of Israel and the importance of the Jewish people and not only of the Jewish people of Israel but the importance of Judaism itself to our fundamental identity as Christians. And so I really see uh, something amazing taking place today And I really believe, uh, as I've often said, that the key to enlisting the unequivocal support of one of the largest people groups on this planet for the international Jewish community and for the nation of Israel is to educate Christians about the foundations of their Christian faith. Once a Christian comes to understand that his faith is inherently and essentially a Jewish faith, it becomes impossible for Christians to hate Jews as they have done in previous times and previous centuries. As a matter of fact, as Sigmund Freud said, that hatred for uh, Judaism is at bottom hatred for Christianity. And we've, we've not realized that, but we're coming to realize that. And I think the, the education is the, is the key. We need to educate Christians because if we don't educate people, ignorance will continue to dominate the scene. So education does what it, it actually says. The word means to lead out. We're leading people out of ignorance, out of superstition, and we're leading them into solid edu- solid understanding. So once a person comes to know that his faith is essentially and inherently Jewish, then it becomes impossible for them to hate Jews and to hate the nation of Israel, not only that, it becomes imperative for them to love the Jewish people unequivocally with no strings attached and at the same time to love and support the nation of Israel. As I've often said, it's impossible, really when you think about it, it's impossible to love the God of the Bible and not love the land of the Bible and to love the people of the Bible.
0: If we look closely, we see that the origin of our Jewish roots began in Genesis 12, when God said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your kindred and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. God's covenant promises unfold to Abraham as the son of promise Isaac is born, then his son Jacob, and then his 12 sons, who became the 12 tribes of Israel. Years later, they moved to Egypt under the leadership of Joseph and multiplied greatly in the land of Goshen until the time of their exodus through the Red Sea with Moses. And finally, under Joshua's leadership, they entered their promised land of Israel. And thus, the people that God had chosen as His own grew into a great people who possessed and inhabited their own covenant land. We see that our Heavenly Father desired a people for Himself, a people to be His own, and He promised to be their God and they would be His people. While His people Israel fell away, His promises to them did not, for His word and covenant with them stand forever. In the greatness of His mercy He allowed us, as believing Gentiles, to be grafted into the rich olive tree, and we will join with them in formation of the one new man. The Apostle Paul speaks about Israel as he instructs Gentile believers in Romans 11 to remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. He explains that we as believers in Yeshua have been grafted in, in order to partake of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We are entering the season that we shall begin to see glimpses of the glory of the Lord. The fullness of the glory has been delayed because his patterns from of old have been forgotten and discounted. So it is time to seek afresh the Lord God of Israel and learn of his ways. For as we, as he required King David to bring home the ark of his presence in a prescribed priestly way, so is he requiring us to do the same in this hour of the preparation of Yeshua's return. In these last days, He is connecting the new to the old, to our root beginnings. He is connecting the latter to the former. And as we follow him in all his ways, we shall behold a new thing that he will do in our midst so that the glory cloud shall again fill our sanctuaries as it filled Solomon's temple long ago. For his heart still aches and longs for a people who are his own, Jew and Gentile, coming together through Yeshua's sacrifice to arise and shine as his bride in all her latter-day glory. Well, that's our show for today, and I want you to know we appreciate hearing from you. Please send your comments and questions to comments at pjtn.org. The time to stand up is now. Be a leader in your community and in your church. One person can make a difference. Call your elected officials. Let them hear from you. Visit our website to learn more. Sign up to receive free newsletters, action alerts, daily blogs, and order our films to share with family and friends. I want to thank you for watching our program today. Be sure to join us next week as we'll continue our discussion about the Hebrew roots of Christianity and the worldwide movement that God has inspired in many believers. Please encourage your family and friends to tune in and check the PGATN website for scheduled showings of Focus on Israel. God bless you and thank you for all you do on behalf of our Jewish brethren and all Israel. We'll see you next time on Focus on Israel.
3: To support this program, send your tax-deductible gift to Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, P.O. Box 682711, Franklin, Tennessee, 37068. You can also support PJTN online. Visit PJTN.org or call 1-877-873-9020.
0: Anti-Semitism has reached epic proportions, and Israel is now surrounded by nations who seek its destruction. For Israel to lose just one battle would mean losing everything. As Christians, it is our biblical responsibility to stand with our Jewish brethren and Israel. PJTN needs your help to reach more Christians with this urgent message. Please visit our website to become a member today and order our award-winning documentaries. You must decide that you won't be silent. Sign up now at PJTN.org. God bless you and thank you for your support and prayers.
3: Focus on Israel is now available on DVD. Each program DVD contains a wealth of bonus materials, including the premier program that started it all, Focus on Israel, program number one. Also, bonus interview cuts with experts in their respective fields. Informational videos from PJTN documentaries, including Israel Indivisible, The Case for the Ancient Homeland, Lest We Forget 9-11 and the Rise of Islam The Forgotten People, Christianity and the Holocaust Disinformation, the Secret Strategy to Destroy the West Plus the award-winning music video, The Forgotten People Focus on Israel program DVDs Great educational tools to combat anti-Semitism Arm yourself and order today Please go online to pjtn.org To order, just click on the store tab. Thanks and blessings from Focus on Israel.